This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Welcome back to the God's Honest Truth. Uh, I'm very pleased to have joining me for a God's Honest Conversation, the Vice President of the United States of America, Kamala Harris. Hey, Charlene. My first question is a question that after the pandemic, when I ask, I expect a real answer, okay? You ready? Okay. How are you? Oh, thank you for that. And I know you really mean it. I am well. I am well. I am blessed. You know, there is um, a lot of good that we can and have done, and and I feel energized about continuing to get the work done. So thank you. And my family as well, and, mm-hmm. and that's all I could hope for. So thank you for asking. Let's talk about some of that work, because, you know, it's, it's, it's people like me that, that were motivated to vote for you, and we feel as if you've disappeared. If not disappeared, been silenced. Is, is that the case? Not at all. I mean, even this week, uh, there were... Um, Two things that I'm, actually more than that, that I'm extremely proud of that has been the product of uh, months and months of work. One, something you and I have discussed before, uh, the issue of maternal health. Mm -hmm. So I brought the issue of maternal health to the front stage of the White House for the first time, talking about what you and I have talked about, that black women are three to four times more likely to die in connection with childbirth, native women twice as likely to die, rural women 60% more likely, and we talked about it in terms of, look, this is an issue that needs to be addressed both in terms of the racial bias in the medical health profession, but also we need to address it in terms of the fact that after a woman gives birth to another human being, it's, it's, not, it's not right to say she's only going to get 60 days of coverage through Medicaid for what she might need in terms of postpartum treatment, whether it be depression or just exams. Mm -hmm. So we're saying let's extend it for a year. Um, Dealing with an issue that uniquely affects black women, fibroids. You know, we don't talk about this stuff publicly, but black women know that it is a real issue in terms of their health and their life. So we're bringing that to the public stage, and this has been the product of work I've been doing for many years, even before I got to the White House, but bringing it to the stage. Mm -hmm. Another issue, I just did an event yesterday about lead pipes. Well, look at the issue of lead pipes. 
What we know is that especially our children who are in public housing and public schools are more likely to be exposed to lead in paint and in pipes. And so we've put through our infrastructure bill a lot of resources into saying, let's clean up those pipes. Let's save the health of our children. And why? Because I've met mothers and fathers all over the country from Michigan to Ohio, all over the country, who talk about the fact that when they turn on that tap, they are afraid that when they fill that glass of water, they may be filling it with poison. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we're dealing with that, because you know why? For our children, half of children under the age of six, Charlemagne, in America, are exposed or are at threat of being exposed to lead. That can stunt their growth. It could have permanent damage in terms of their mental capacity to, to, to be educated and, and literally create brain damage in some cases. Uh, what else have we done? Well, I've been working for a long time on saying black folks need access to capital. Everybody needs access to capital, in particular when we looked at the pandemic, how many of our small businesses could not survive the pandemic because they did not have the kind of financial support they need. So I just announced what we are doing that is about the 12 billion I got from the Senate and extending that money to invest in minority-owned businesses, knowing that we have great entrepreneurs in our community who just need access to capital and need to stop being told that they're unbankable, mm -hmm. when in fact they are brilliant and are doing great things in the community. So these are some of the things I, I could go on. I mean, one of the other issues that I care deeply about is what we have got to do in terms of a public transit. I've been working on the infrastructure law that we now have. You know. Black folks as commuters, as workers, are four times more likely than other workers to go to work on the bus or on the train on public transit. And we need to improve that. Again, I've been talking with folks around the country. I know personally from having you know, been a bus rider mm -hmm. that what you see is that in underserved communities, folks are more likely to have to transfer to get to, to work because there aren't adequate bus lines coming into their community. I know that when you are five minutes or even two minutes late to catch the bus, in certain communities, you might have to wait a whole hour for the next one to come through, mm -hmm. which means you're an hour late for work and might, may be looking at, at pay doc or at maybe even losing your job. So these are big issues. They take a lot of time. And I'm about saying, let's take on the tough issues, but let's do the hard work, which is not just about uh, giving a speech, but it's about actually getting the job done. Absolutely. You know, you know, you get a lot of criticism, you know, more criticism than any VP I've seen in recent memory. But there's nothing you've done on your worst day as VP that compares to, you know, Mike Pence's worst day as VP. But you seem to get crucified for every little thing in the media. Why, why do you think that is? Well, I appreciate you asking the question, but let me just tell you something. I my focus is on the work that we just just discussed. My focus is on, frankly, going to I can't tell you how many places from Chicago to Charlotte to Detroit where fathers and mothers bring their little girls and little boys up to me and, and they say, I want to meet Kamala Harris. And then the parent shows me on their phone a picture of their child watching the TV when I was sworn in, right? That's what I focus on in terms of my motivation and my inspiration and verification of the importance of being here 
and getting this work done. And that's that's where I focus. Do you, do you think the criticism comes from you being a black woman, a woman of color? I think that, that you know, there is definitely a healthy discussion that I will leave others to have about that. But I'm going to be focused on the work and I will not be distracted. It's OK to say yes. We see it. <laughs> it's OK. Now, I, I know you wanted to speak on the Build Back Better plan, too, but uh, you know, it seems like, once again, Senator Joe Manchin is stopping progress on that. Why? Well, look, Build Back Better is something that the president and I care deeply about. Um, it was, you know, it was our original idea. Um, even when we were campaigning, it's about saying, look, if, if first of all, it, the cost of living is too expensive for too many people. It has been this way even before the pandemic. And we need to bring the cost of living down. So Build Back Better is saying, let's bring the cost of childcare down. That, that working families, families shouldn't have to pay more than 7% of their income in, in childcare. We're saying prescription drugs are too expensive. We know, you and I know, I have family members who have diabetes. It, it's too expensive to pay for insulin. And insulin is the only thing that can save a diabetic's life. And so we're saying, bring down the cost so that folks wouldn't have to pay more than $35 a month for their insulin. We're talking about elder care. So many folks are raising their young children and taking care of their parents. And it is impossible to take care of their basic needs without having some assistance. And that means bringing the cost down so people can afford to live and, and satisfy their basic needs and their responsibilities. So we're going to keep pushing, and we're in extensive talks across the aisle with both folks in terms mm -hmm. of Republicans and Democrats, but we're not going to give up on it at all. But, but where is the pushback on Senator Joe Manchin? Why is he allowed to constantly hold up President Biden's agenda? I mean, look, here's the thing that you that is an important fact, which may sound technical, but it really is an important fact. We have, you know, folks know we have the White House as Democrats, the House and the Senate. In the House, we have, as Democrats, a majority, I believe as of today, it's by three votes um, out of hundreds of people. In the Senate, where there are 100 senators, we are split 50-50 in terms of the Democrats or independents who caucus with the Democrats and the Republicans. And that makes me, as the president of the Senate, the tie vote. Every vote matters, especially in the Senate. And we have to listen to the voices who represent their districts. And so that's what we do. And then we negotiate. Some people said we would never get the infrastructure deal done. Mm -hmm. But we got it done. Some people said we couldn't get the American Rescue Plan done, which was $1,400 checks for folks, where we expanded the child tax credit. A lot of the, the, the way we did that was also informed by some previous work I did to say, People have to pay, parents have to pay the bills every month, so let's get them the child tax credit in payments every month so that they can get through the month. We got that done. Mm -hmm. Some people said it couldn't be done, but it takes negotiation, and that's what we have to do. Sometimes it is frustrating. Some people say watching sausage get made, you think that's difficult? Well, watch a, a bill get made. It, it, it's frustrating, and sometimes it's just not pretty. Mm -hmm. at, at what point do we, like, you know, stop being politicians and just be real with the American people, Madam Vice President, because we know Joe Manchin is ruining this country. The stuff he's holding up progress on are hurting people. They're hurting black people in particular. If Democrats allow Joe Manchin to continue to do this, how do you convince black people to come out and continue to vote for y'all? He's holding up progress. We know this. Hey, Charlemagne, here's the thing, though. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think it's a mistake to try and, and think about this only through the lens of Democrats versus Democrats, when the fact is Republicans are consistently and unanimously standing in the way of progress. Very true. It, it is my recollection that not one voted for the American Rescue Plan. It is, it is my knowledge that we couldn't get them to even agree, not one, to debate on what we were trying, except maybe Lisa Murkowski at some different points, to, to debate what we need to do on voting. Couldn't get, because of Republican opposition, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act to get up for a vote, something I helped write with Cory Booker. So let's, let's put the emphasis where it really needs to be, which is how is it that today in this, this year of our Lord, 2021 in America, and on some basic issues like upholding our democracy, we can't get bipartisan support and therefore can't get it through. You go back to Reagan and Bush. Mm -hmm. There were Republicans during those eras and even before who voted to extend the Voting Rights Act. And now we can't get anybody to stand up and say, this is about our democracy. Let me tell you something. I start every single day reading the presidential daily brief. It's called the PDB, often with the president in the Oval Office. What is in that is classified information about threats to our national security and hotspots around the world. I have had direct conversations with prime ministers and presidents and a king, some of whom I have had over to my home. And they are around the world saying, what's going on with you in the United States? What's going on with this voting situation? What's going on? Because right now we are debating whether democracies actually can survive or is autocracy better, which is basically one person or one group telling everybody what they should do. This is what's at stake right now mm -hmm. for America. And you can tell I'm a bit frustrated, more than that actually, that people are making this into a partisan issue instead of stepping up to say, save our democracy. And that means stop messing with people's right to vote like they're doing in Georgia and, and Texas. And, and this is so much bigger and, and, and generational impacting. And, and people have got to come together and they need to be held to account, which is what you always do. We need to hold people to account. And that includes looking at the Republican Party. I, I agree. Say, I, where do you stand? I agree Republicans are blocking progress. But when I think about it, it's like we went out, black people, we voted, got Democrats in the White House, got Democrats to Senate. But it seems like a Democrat, Joe Manchin, is always blocking progress like if there's no hope in making joe change like why not say that so at least we know who the problem is because i feel like you get villainized the way i feel senator joe manchin should me personally in the media you get villainized for <gasps> silly things like earbuds when he's actually stopping progress why not just tell people that so we know who the problem is they're pointing the fingers at the wrong people because because i'm telling you i just i'm literally the problem is we have right now in America a party, I'm not talking about all Republicans, but the Republican Party that is drawing a line and, and basically standing in the way of what is in the best interest of all the people. On the issue of voting, for example, and I can't talk about this enough, on the issue of voting, this is about everybody's right to vote. We're not telling people who to vote for. 
And there's, there's, there, in places like Montana, passing legislation to make it difficult for students to vote, Native Americans to vote, black people to vote, Latinos to vote. It's happening all over. And any American who, who takes the oath to uphold the Constitution should agree. Run on your merits. Don't try to win because you, you, you manipulated the system to make it difficult for certain people to vote. Mm -hmm. That's what's at stake right now. Absolutely. And it's a mindset, and it's a, and it's a mindset um, that, that we really, like if we're gonna say what's to blame, and then who is doing that? Let, I mean, let's not forget what happened on January 6th. That's right. There was a mob that attempted a coup that, that, that with force and violence took over our nation's capital to prevent the declaration of an election where the people have voted. These are the things that are happening, and I, I, I just want to urge us to really see where the attacks are coming and who is, who is doing the attacking so we can hold them properly responsible you know, you for know, what they're doing to harm all of us. I agree. You talked about a lot of the things that, you know, y'all have done with the administration, but, you know, it's a few things still left on I'm the table. Okay. What happened to that student loan money? What happened to the $10,000 promised to the, to the students for student loan debt? Why did they renege on that? So I know you had Secretary Cardona on recently, and, and I'll tell you, he is working to, to increase relief for students. And I, you know, look, I get it. I get the issue that you're talking about. I, I, had, I had student loans. I mean, look, it's right now we have so many people, tens of millions of people in, in the United States who are dealing with student loan debt and responsibilities, and it, it's standing in the way of them being able to start a family or buy a home. And it's real, and we need to deal with it. Um, you know, I remember I'm going to date myself, but, you know, I had that little coupon where I'd have to pull out the coupon and, and put in the number and send a check with it every month. And, and that's real. That is real. You know, we need you to be the superhero that saves democracy, Madam Vice President. Like, someone has to push back on the Republicans. Somebody has to push back on Joe Manchin. That guy is stopping progress. He's ruining democracy. Are you willing to be that superhero? Because what scares me is if voting rights don't pass or the Build Back Better plan doesn't pass or police reform doesn't pass, I doubt you're going to get black people to go out there and vote in 2022 and 2024 and, you know, Trump will be president again. What, what's the plan for all of that? Well, I couldn't agree with you more on the, the, the seriousness of these issues. And, and, and how people take these issues seriously. And so we're going to have to keep fighting. On voting rights, we need to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. We need to pass the Freedom to Vote Act and be relentless about pushing for that, which is what we have been doing and what I certainly am going to keep doing. We need to keep pushing for what we got to do to, to really reform the system that we know needs to be reformed with the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. But, you know, again, Republicans stood in the way to get that done. So what did we do? Well, through the D Department of Justice, we banned chokeholds. 
and carotid holes. We said that law enforcement at, at the federal level, where we had the power to do it without Congress, that they have to wear body cameras when they're serving warrants. Uh, we put in place investigations of police departments that are active investigations right now. We are supporting consent decrees. So we are doing those things in the face of Republican opposition, but we cannot give up. None of us can. And, and, and the reality is because the issues are too serious and they impact everybody every day. And I agree with you. They're but very serious. I, who's the superhero that's going to speak against Joe Manchin? No. <laughs> I want to know who's the real president of this country. Is it, Bi is it Joe Biden or Joe Manchin? She, she can hear me. Can you hear me now? They're acting like they can't hear me. Y'all see that? <laughs> I can hear you. Oh, so who's the I real? So who's the real president of this country? Is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden, Madam Vice President? Come on, Charlemagne. I really. Come on. I, it's Joe Biden. I can't no, tell no, sometimes. No, 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 no. It's Joe Biden. It's Joe Biden. And don't start talking like a Republican about asking whether or not he's president. Do, it's Joe Biden. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe, and, it's Joe, and it's Joe Biden, and I'm vice president, and my name is Kamala Harris. And the reality is, because we are in office, we do the things like the child tax credit, which is going to reduce black child poverty by 50% on track to do that. We do things that are about saying that our Department of Justice is going to do these investigations and require that we end chokeholds and have body cameras. It is the work of saying we're going to get lead out of pipes and paint because our babies are suffering because of that. It is the work of saying people who ride public transit deserve the same kind of dignity that anybody else does. So let's improve that system. It is the work of saying that we have got to bring down prescription drug costs because folks who have diabetes should not be dying because they don't have enough money in their pocket. It's about saying black maternal mortality is a real issue that must be treated by everybody, including the White House, as a serious issue. Okay? So let's, I, I hear the frustration, but let's not deny the impact that we've had and agree also that there is a whole lot more work to be done. And it is not easy to do, but we will not give up. And I will not give up. I just want you to know that that, that Madam Vice President, that, that Kamala Harris, that's the one I like. That's the one that was putting the pressure on people in Senate hearings. That's the one I'd like to see more often out here in these streets. Th thank you for joining us, Madam Vice President. I'm glad to be with you. I'm Absolutely. glad to be with you. Appreciate thank you. Give Maya my right. love too and Doug. All right, you take care. Give your family my love. I want to see those babies. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Okay. We've got more to God's honest truth in just a minute. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.